Hello, and welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Steve Sharman, System Vice President of Revenue Cycle for Common Spirit Health. Steve recently joined us for the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Now online summit, and his session, Using Analytics for Good, Automation, AI, and the Future of Revenue Cycle, was so excellent and informative, I wanted to share it with our podcast listeners too. So I hope you'll enjoy it, learn from it, and come away with some really good action items to add to your own automation to-do lists. Enjoy. As Alex said, my name is Steve Sharman. I'm the System Vice President of Revenue Cycle for Common Spirit Health. Um, and I'll, I'll uh, guess I'll start off with a little bit of an introduction to who Common Spirit is. Um, it, it's a it's a fairly new health system with a with the merger of Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity Health. Um, in February of 2019, we came together to form one of the largest health systems, not for profit health systems in the country. It brought together two entities that aligned in ministry, whose mission is to make the healing presence of God known in our world by improving the health of the of the people we serve, especially those who are vulnerable while we advance social justice for all. Um, my responsibility is mostly on the Dignity Health side of the of the organization now. A lot of my comments will be addressed uh, and, and I'll share some of the things that we do uh, in the Dignity, in those 36 Dignity Health hospitals. But just to give you an idea of, of sort of the, of our revenue cycle, I've listed three key metrics there from our combined, um, from our com combined ministry. That'll give you an idea of, of the size that we're talking about. Our gross AR is about $12.7 billion. Um, this was pre-COVID. Uh, of course, everything uh, since March or April has been turned upside down. And so uh, I'll, I'll address the pre-COVID numbers. Our gross days were 50.2. And uh, just as, an, as a, a reference point, our denials as a percent of net, net revenue was just over 1%. So as we go into to why why automate, I don't uh, need to convince this group why to automate in the revenue cycle. Uh, I think it's pretty commonplace now that that there's a need for it, uh, and and so I wanted to kind of uh, to to share with you some of our experience and, and and our story. Long gone are the typewriters, the handwritten medical records mostly, and green bar printers that, that, we, uh, that maybe we all came up with uh, in, in the revenue cycle decades ago. Um, and, and we've had to turn our attention to, be, to the technology and allow technology to help us. Um, there's, there's more volume now in the re revenue cycle than ever before um, with low employment, especially pre-COVID uh, days. Finding people is increasingly more challenging um, continuing to train them and, and um, keeping up with the, the need for human resources is, is always a challenge. The complexity of the revenue cycle seems to get, uh, get, get, get stronger every single day uh, with, uh, with, with patient benefits, payer contracts, uh, delegated models. So if you're in, in a market that has those types of models, uh, keeping up with that complexity is is, is very difficult. Uh, trying to keep up with payer rules, government regulations, 
Uh, I don't know if anybody's read the latest final rule, but that's a that's a fun read if you haven't yet. Uh, and and trying to keep up with with the constant change in payer contracts and and those rules also is a reason to automate. And then of course consistency. When we find a best practice or an opportunity to, or, or a, 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 a process that works, uh, we we use automation to to provide that consistency. I wanted you to consider this this uh, this quote that was from uh, a publication from HBI um, earlier this year. It says, "Intelligent technology, in addition to a stronger consumer focus, is causing leaders to pause and reevaluate processes on, on a deeper level uh, than ever before, as well as imagine what the revenue cycle could be without some of the limitations currently faced." Take coding, for instance, which is one revenue cycle process that is no stranger to computer assistance. Some organizations have gone beyond computer assistance co assisted coding in the past five years to automate coding so that the live staff member can, complete, can simply validate codes or handle queries or more comp complex cases. In five more years, coding could be almost entirely automated given the current demand and expense for highly qualified coders, whether hired or contracted. While many organizations have taken the wait and see approach to artificial intelligence and even robotic process automation, they may, they may find themselves well behind their peers in short order. It's true. I can't remember a conference that I've been to in the past two to three years, maybe even longer, that hasn't had a plethora of topics on, on automation, machine learning, robot, robotic process automation, and, and artificial intelligence. But we are thinking at deeper levels, as the quote would indicate. No longer are we content with processes like keystroke emulation. We want and require more complex routines that can stand the pressures that we face in the revenue cycle today. So my goal today is not to convince you to automate. I don't think you would be taking the time to listen to the session if you didn't already know and understand the importance of automation. Um, last year at a Health Leaders Conference, I sat in a room, and I think it was in Palm Beach, Florida, and I said, I don't want to hear uh, the word or the acronym artificial intelligence or AI until somebody can tell me or show me uh, a real-life example that, that this works in the revenue cycle. Uh, so much of the data scientist uh, time has been spent in uh, in the clinical areas, which is it, which is com which is completely valid and rightly so. But if we're going to talk about it in the revenue cycle, I just couldn't really get my hands around it. And so I'm thinking that maybe that comment last year is why I'm speaking today, because uh, a health leader said, "Well, okay, Steve, uh, then um, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and tell us what you guys are doing at Dignity Health and Common Spirit, and as as a result, result of automation." So my goal is to provide you examples, maybe plant some seeds in your mind that uh, would help drive some automation, even to the levels of artificial intelligence, uh, so that we can, we can share these as providers um, in the years to come. But I, uh, I wonder if many of you are, are where I was, and, and, and in some places still am, that show me some applications for technology to help me in the revenue cycle. Um, this quote here in the, from HBI says, true artificial intelligence is not yet common in the revenue cycle, but many organizations are choosing to, to get comfortable with robotic process automation. And, uh, and that is true. 
So I'm going to uh, move through what what Dignity Health is doing in as far as automation. Um, AutoAuth is an automated status notification and submission process um, and can include um, medical necessity uh, components as well that will um, that will go out and check to see if an authorization is in place, if it needs to be, and can um, can uh, kick off that authorization process. Uh, another technology that we're using on the front is, is SurePay, which automates the calculation of patient liability. It uses our managed care contracts, our charge master data, and the patient's uh, benefit information to, uh, to come to a more realistic estimation of what the patient owes. And of course, with price transparency, this is becoming even more important to be able to do this and, uh, and to allow patients even to, to self-serve to a certain degree as they go out and, and, and shop prices and shop services. Uh, and then Eligibility Plus is another uh, technology that we're using on the front end that it automates the data retrieval and combines data from the payer portals and the eligibility transactions to give us a clearer picture on that patient's eligibility uh, for services. Um, just to touch briefly on some middle revenue cycle, um, enhancements that, that we have that we are working on at Dignity Health. Uh, DRG reconciliation, this is where our CDI specialists and our uh, HIM coders can compare the work that they do. Oftentimes they look at the service through a different lens based on their role and so uh, it's important for us to be able to reconcile those DRGs uh, and make sure that we are aligned on, on both sides of the, uh, of, the, of the coin, if you will. Skip ahead um, to, some, to some bot technology. D Dignity Health and Optum360 have employed um, some bot technology that can go out and do some automated, um, automated uh, I guess, inquiries in a, a few different arenas. And you can see that in, uh, in, in our fiscal year 20, uh, we had over 665 bot touches year to date, um, which, which will be about a, over a million um, annually when, we, when it all gets through. Uh, and some of those, um, those bot technology touches are, are here listed on the, on the slide. Automated touches for searching and bookmarking information required for clinical appeals uh, through the payer websites. Um, I think a lot of people probably have the, the automated claim status technology now that goes out and can check claim status if it uh, if it needs a, a human intervention, then uh, then then of course uh, that would be work listed to a, a work queue, and uh, somebody would would take uh, take action on that. Um, authorizations is also another opportunity that we found to go out and automate that uh, that technology to go out and and uh, check and see if an authorization is in place. Plot technology on a couple different initiatives, crossover claims and claim status, um, but there's a number of other initiatives that we're working on to, uh, to enhance that bot technology. Um, and then I wanted to mention just the artificial intelligence and the predictive analytics piece of it uh, to show that not, not only does this technology um, come into play to, to uh, interact with the payers uh, through denial intervention or what have you, but we're actually looking at us to do uh, QA automation to, to check our, and to make sure that our patient access staff are going through the processes that they need 
to ensure that that we're we're doing a complete and accurate patient access experience, complete with financial clearance. Some other things that we're doing, we've partnered with a company called Olive, who uh, who is uh, big in the artificial intelligence space. Um, we are automating the charge posting of sports physicals in some of our urgent cares. Um, we are actually we are also working with Olive to review uh, medical record documentation in some of our ambulatory clinics uh, to post the E&M level charges and the procedures uh, related to some urgent care services that are pretty repetitive and high volume and um, and can be can be done pretty easily with artificial intelligence technology. Um, you can see in the emergency department. Um, Olive also reviews and interprets documentation in the EHR to uh, select appropriate codes for E&M levels there as well. And so we look to, um, to employ that in some of our ED departments as well. Something else we're working on that we've partnered with a payer in California actually is a, a concept of real-time claims um, submission. Um, this, is, uh, this is essentially artificial intelligence that can go in and read the medical record and um, pull out the components that would um, submit, that would uh, drive the codes, uh, certain charges and those kinds of things enough to be able to drive uh, to populate at 837 in an automated fashion and submit that off to the payer. In, and when, when I say real time, it's really essentially when the medical record is complete, those components are there to be able to capture and send off to the payer. Um, I realize that we're running short on time, and so I just want to just briefly talk on a couple other examples that we are not doing necessarily in our organization, but I know that uh, they are being that they are working in other organizations and other places. Um, medical record denials is a technology that will uh, go out and pull medical records. So in intelligence that will submit payer requested documentation uh, through appropriate portals. As they, uh, you know, as you monitor the claim status and you see that the a denial is is either pending or we haven't received it in correspondence, it can speed up that process and submit the necessary documentation in an automated fashion. We've already talked a little bit about eligibility and coverage discovery, um, but this again, this again is uh, an opportunity to see if you know a patient comes in and is not able to communicate their coverage. Uh, there, it, there is technology that can go out and find coverage maybe even um, help start coverage or start the application process for Medicaid, pro Medicaid uh, eligible patients. Um, authorization we've talked a little bit about before and, and notice of admission is, uh, is, a, is a process that is required now to let payers know that uh, a patient is, has been admitted. Uh, typically that is, a, you know, has historically been a fax or a, a submission through a, 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 a payer portal. Um, that can be automated. The thing that's really cool is this last box of cybernetics, and, and this is a process that all of us introduced, and they call it the superhuman worker. This works in conjunction with our human staff that can go out and check, in the, check things in the background and then bring prompts to our staff members uh, to help them complete the processes that they're working on. Um, you know, you think of this as a as, as a big uh, reference manual that usually or used to sit in a, on a desk and now is uh, maybe online, but uh, cybernetics can go out and 
be programmed to cue the the the, uh, the worker as they're performing an activity uh, and make sure that it gets done completely and accurately. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thanks again to Steve Sharman, who was so generous with his time and insight. Be sure to tune in on the second Tuesday of every month for brand new episodes featuring experts like Steve. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.